1: E Road provides fleets with advanced capabilities for remote reefer control, real time compartment mismatch detection, product specific temperature alerts, and a host of compliance management applications. It's time to revisit how your refrigerated goods are monitored. Welcome to Running On Ice, the coolest community in Freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in Freight, but there's also the Running On Ice, the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on FreightWaves.com slash running on ice. Before we get into our guest interview, let's get into some headlines. To help suppliers and grocers optimize shelf life and cut down on food waste, Applied UV Inc. has launched the Aeroside Pro Plus, an air purifi- purification system for the preservation of fresh fruits and vegetables in smaller footprint spaces. Applied UV teamed up with Canon Virginia Inc., a subsidiary of Canon USA, to develop the latest pathogen killing technology, which is designed to integrate into transportation or cold storage environments without taking up unnecessary space. The system centers on the control of ethylene, a gas released by fruit and vegetables during the ripening and storing processes. Lineage Logistics announced the opening of a 343,250-square-foot logistics facility in Lancaster, Texas. The addition expands Lineage's footprint in Texas to 19 facilities, totaling 192 million cubic feet of capacity. Lancaster is about 18 miles south of Dallas. The facility is creating 65 jobs and includes more than 225,000 pallet positions and a rack configuration designed to handle high skew counts and intensive case picking for customers. This facility will offer also offer cross stocking, order management, case picking, electronic data interchange, redistribution, freight consolidation, managed transportation, transloading, drop trailer, and an on site generator. Anti diabetic drugs like Ozempix and Wegovi, which are being touted for their weight loss and appetite suppressing benefits, are slamming stocks of beer and snack distributors, particularly after Walmart said that the medications were causing shoppers to pare back on groceries. Investors reacted to comments made by Walmart. USA CEO John Ferner, who told Bloomberg News that Ozempic was the reason customers were buying less units and consuming slightly less calories. We definitely do see a change compared to the total population. We do see a slight pullback in overall basket counts. Today we are joined by Steve Vondra, the Vice President of Operations and Sales at SCL Cold Chain. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Mary. I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity today. I am pretty excited to get into this. This is something we haven't really covered that much lately on the show, and that's kind of, you know, that temperature-controlled packing space of things. Before we get too far into that, let's get some background on you and kind of how you ended up at SCL.
2: Perfect. Uh, yep, yeah, been in the uh, supply chain logistics business now for getting close to 30 years. You can tell I have no hair, so um, that's the long career. So, the temperature control is uh, very unique in the uh, supply chain business, uh, packaging, transportation piece that uh, is out there. So lots of different packaging ideas, always trying to revamp, bring in new items, new diff, uh, different technology, different things, uh, to keep um, whatever it is between pharmaceuticals, food, flowers at the right temperature.
1: So I guess when it comes to like, I mean, obviously you have a lot of experience in this, so you kind of just know based off of many years of experience, Um, but how do you kind of know what packing materials are right for each thing? So like, you know, how do you know that you're packing materials for a frozen cake or, you know, temperature controlled pharmaceuticals? How do you kind of know that, um, that like those, that those packaging things are effectively going to protect it as it is on, as it's on its way to the end user?
2: Yeah. Great, great question. And a lot of it's based on uh, the shipper and the manufacturer giving us the correct temperature that it needs to be. Uh, a lot of our business is done in Celsius. Most of the time you see minus 10 to minus 20 Celsius, which is frozen. And then you have 2 to 8 C, and that's in that temperature range in the 30s and the 40s. And then you have 15 to 25 Cs, which runs you somewhere 55 to 75 degrees. So. That's the key of what we get. So once you understand what that temperature is, now you have an idea of what packaging needs to go with it. Cause there's certain things on the frozen side, the packaging to be a little bit different because you're trying to keep that frozen for a, a strong period of time, as opposed to, Hey, it just needs to be 55, 60 degrees, uh, when it's moving down the road or in the air.
1: It's that, that, uh, it's that whole thing of everyone who doesn't necessarily get the temperature controlled side of things, they think that protect from freeze is like kind of the same thing as cold chain. And that's when you just kind of laugh and go, oh, sweet baby angel. Yeah, exactly.
2: We, uh, we try to figure it out for them or help them figure it out. And most shippers, when you get into like pharmaceutical, biopharma, they understand the importance of the packaging. And the importance of utilizing a temperature controlled carrier, temperature controlled warehouse. And so those are very important things. Uh, although I was attended a bio in North Texas uh, seminar where I was a speaker about a week ago, and they were still losing over $15 million 2023 because poor packaging or out of temp uh, product.
1: On that line, how do you even know what the best packaging is to to be? Because obviously, if you know if you're seeing a lot of loss, you want to make changes. But you know, how do you make sure that those changes you make are actually going to be like beneficial versus you know we're making changes and then we end up losing more product.
2: Right, and it's a concerted effort by the manufacturer and the shipper. Um, if you're losing that type of money, it's better to go spend. $50 on one package as opposed to $10. And I think that's where, uh, uh, our customers and we help our customers, uh, get better at that particular item because, uh, you did not want to lose a million dollars on one shipment. It's a box, that's 20 by 20, that's one. So that's what we try to help our customers on. And there's a lot of customers that are very good at it. There's a lot of them that don't know exactly what to do on that. So we try to be that support mechanism.
1: Have you ever had a customer like kind of push back on when you make a recommendation to like, hey, you see that you're losing a lot of things or we see that stuff is falling outside of temperature, perhaps switch to this type of packing material or maybe we need to add an extra like insulation layer in there. Have you ever had customers kind of push back on some of those advancements?
2: We do, Uh, just purely because I think the price is too high. one of the examples that I'll give you is, is we've got several customers, uh, all of our vehicles, all company owned, all company drivers, our, uh, vehicles get down to, you know, frozen zero degrees. Uh, many of our customers say, well, I need to put dry ice in it. Uh, well, it's never going to leave our possession. So we're going to fix it up as to a, and we're going to deliver it at B and it's going to be on the same truck and it's going to be zero degrees. Why are you putting dry ice in there to waste money? Well, it just needs dry ice. So at that point in time, you got to say, okay, so now we're going to dry ice the package and we're going to ride down the road at zero degrees.
0: Okay. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to Shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. At EverNorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.
1: It's that old adage of like, you know, pick pick your battles. And sometimes I guess if you just wanna spend a little extra money and put dry ice in there, then it's your money, not mine.
2: And, and that's what we run into. We just say, okay, um, we'll do that. You can just put the dry ice in there. And sometimes they ask us the dry ice, which kind of really throws us off, because why are we putting dry ice on something that we know is running it
1: down? I get the extra like insurance, like of not the like the extra like peace of mind, not insurance for um, you know just knowing that it has dry ice and it's going to stay frozen. But also, dry dry ice is 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 on a frozen truck, so like. It's good.
2: It's definitely frozen when it gets there.
1: It would, I would imagine, with dry ice and a frozen truck, uh, it, it it'll be cold. It'll be quite frozen.
2: It's cold. You might have the thought for a while to cook it or, or use it, but it'll be cold.
1: So one of the things that I find very difficult about cold chain packaging, just obviously because I've not been, I've not done it for many many years. Um, how do you? like how do you know what specific state, like quality and um you know quality assurance standards you have to meet because you know sometimes it has individual items depending on what they are have to meet regulatory standards um, and other things kind of how do you stay on top of all these standards and then also you know on top of the new products that are coming out that you know promise the latest and greatest in cold chain tech how do you how do you just kind of keep it all together
2: Wonderful question, uh, and we rely a lot on our own vendors, um, because most of our vendors that deal on the container the packaging that type of deal, they know exactly what's new, what's more innovative, and what to utilize in that particular item. But we've done so many things from, you know, temperatures from minus 10 Celsius all the way up to, to uh, 15 Celsius. So, um, we've not been out of temp my friend would wood on any one item that we've ever produced or have shipped, ship, uh, only because we've done it on many occasions and we've got the experience at our, uh, operations group that we know exactly where it needs to be, uh, whether it's running on a hard truck, which most of it is, or whether it's going to maybe fly, uh, when you get that 24 hour period that it has to get delivered and has to be there. So it really depends on what the temperature needs to be. For us to make a decision on a particular packaging that we want to move to that particular item and some of the packaging is a lot uh, easier where it's a, a cooler product or like putting it in your refrigerator it's a different type of packaging it's a little bit less uh to or lumbrous west or uh other uh, stuff that you put in there uh and then we utilize cooler packs so that's
1: um when it comes to like the coldest what's the coldest stuff that you've shipped is there any is there any temperature that you're like, no, nah, that's too cold. We don't have the resources to handle that.
2: Some of the biopharma has to be frozen. Some of the vaccines has to be that cold. Um, and we do have that ability. Um, there's another packaging deal that's out there that uh, are our cold cubes. Our cold cubes can go down to that particular temperature. Uh, you can put almost you know 500 pounds in them Uh, it's almost basically a small skid in those particular items that I can run that in one of my trucks and I can have the rest of the, uh, reefer run in there 60 degrees. And that will remain at minus 60 degrees Celsius. So, um, that's a big, big plus for us on the packaging side. Uh, I can put three of them in a small box truck or a cargo van. I can put five or six of them in a straight truck. And I can have five different temperatures in that, uh, in the back backward trailer with those particular cold. It's a really a great innovative, our uh, president of our company designed them. Uh, went to a manufacturer and said, "Can you design these. This is what we want and they did. And so, uh, we feel very proud of those, uh, as a um, carrier that we can give you those options. You want to run down the road at three different temperatures, we can do
1: that is absolutely insane like absolutely well first of all I don't even know how you would begin to handle a product that's at negative 60 Celsius because like that you have to you can't just have like you know your gloves that you use to like restock a fridge a fridge or whatever like you have to have like i would imagine very intensive gear to be able to even handle the product to put it in there and then let alone be able to stick it on a truck with the three other different temperatures that's First of all, that's got to be an amazing solution for customers. But second of all, that is ridiculous that you can have like all the way from negative 60 Celsius to like maybe negative 10. And then like, I don't know, this this thing of strawberries just needs to stay kind of cold.
2: Exactly. Just needs to be refrigerated. So, yeah, and that's, that's the beauty of this uh, uh, item or product. Uh, it's a packaging solution to those that have that particular biopharma. And you see that a lot vary on their vaccinations. Uh, we saw it two, two, three years ago with the COVID vaccine where one of them had to be minus you know, minus 60 degrees, minus 50 degrees Celsius. And so we moved some of those items. Now they've changed a little bit on the vaccines where they're not that low. Uh, we get a few requests here and there, uh, a few carriers that can handle it, um, but uh, there are very few and far between our requests, but it is a different handling. You cannot just walk in there barehanded, yeah. You know. And even I mean, your dry ice handling is a different handling, also with different gloves as opposed to the bioformitude. So you just can't go pick up dry ice in your hand.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's the number one thing. One of the ice cream places by my house is you get it to go, and you're traveling like twenty to thirty minutes. They'll pack it all, like they'll put. The dry ice inside a paper bag, and then it comes with like very specific instructions on like how to properly dispose of the dry ice. Um, and they're like, "Do not touch it under any circumstances. Just put it in your sink and put water on it, and you're done." But like, do not touch it. <laughs>
2: and that's how ours is too. Whenever we're dealing with dry ice, it's all. I mean, you got to have specialized gloves that we have on hand to, to touch it. Otherwise, you're going to get burnt.
1: Um. So the one of the big things everybody's talking about right now is sustainability and kind of those ESG initiatives. How do you kind of balance, you know, the sustainability aspect of something, whether it's, you know, reusable totes or um, just something in like a closed loop system, and then also the cost-effectiveness side of it? Because ultimately, like you said, your shippers aren't going to want to pay a bunch of money for, um, of, for these cold chain or these cold products because, you know, every, at the end of the day, everybody's got that bottom line. So kind of how do you balance that sustainability and cost-effectiveness?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a, another great question. Um, how we did that along with our cold cubes, I mean, they look like a, uh, refrigerator oversized, um, uh, skin refrigerator. And so the beauty of those is it, we use those every day, all the time. So sustainability on them is very good. They're rechargeable. They last up to 24 hours. They hold the, the tap for 24 hours. So you're not utilizing any electricity in the in the vehicle if you have them. Uh, if we plug them in, you know, that's the electricity that you're using. So we'd get a good bump out of that uh, as far as sustainability. Uh, the other part is, is, I mean, we ran a particular item the other day. It's called a ThermoSafe. And it was a very um, intricate piece of equipment that we ran from uh, Dallas Fort Worth to Miami. But the beauty of it was, it was a reusable thermoset. You could take out the cold coolers that were in there and put them back into your freezer or refrigerator and utilize them again. So the packaging is starting to get really based, uh, looking at the sustainability of, you know, not ruining the environment and things that we can do and reuse and have available again, that thermoset was not cheap, but pretty, it lasts up to 10. Um, different shit. Now somebody drops at that and ran, ran into it, it sits down, but that, that's about that one of the other opportunities we have. But, uh, another thing that we use Larry, is, is we, you know, blankets. it's, a different type of thermal blanket that we use. We also use thermo uh, carrying cases. Those thermo thermal carrying cases. I um, mean, when we had them for five, six years, we replaced so many, uh, every year, but they're utilized in those types of situations where you don't really have to have a whole lot of packaging in there. Uh, maybe small cardboard, and then just put that in there. You can put coolers in there. Put ice packs. You can put dry ice in there, and they're utilized on numerous occasions, numerous times. So that's another way that we look at the packaging side of sustainability.
1: I feel like that's got to be easy because you know you, since you are the carrier as well, you are you can go and like pick it up and it's easier for you to kind of get those reusable materials back. Where sometimes, um, you know, if you're just, just delivering off to a shipper that isn't necessarily part of like your regular network or anything like that, you have to worry about getting those reusable mat- containers back. Um, and I know that can be kind of a headache.
2: Yeah. Now when you ship them by there or overnight or something like that, it's gone. So it gets through, uh, to, uh, final a file destination, I mean, that box is opened and put in whatever freezer and then the box goes out. But you know, that's a different type of packaging on that you even utilize with a regular cardboard styrofoam and then and cooler packs or dry ice. So there's many different ways to uh, make sure that packaging and temperature is in the forefront uh, help them with sustainability
1: So kind of going on that packaging thing, you know, like you said, you guys designed these new cubes, um, which sound absolutely amazing and everyone should have them um but when it kind of you kind of have to do those trade-offs like it can't be too heavy and it can't be too bulky it can't be too big so kind of how do you like kind of approach all the different aspects when it comes to like designing new uh new packaging or even you know if you have a new customer that has something weird like I'm trying to think of something really weird in the cold world, but all I can think of right now is like a can of soda, which isn't that deep. So, um, <laughs> but like kind of how do you approach some of those trade-offs when it comes to, you know, working with a new shipper or a new thing that you haven't really shipped before, um, or also when you design that packaging, because you can't make something too heavy, um, but you still want it light and you want it to just keep things cold. Yeah, and
2: you run into that. A lot of things like you were looking for
1: software
2: is uh, this new uh, product, Ice Coffee. So that needs to be refrigerated after it's manufactured. Uh, and, but it's heavy and dense, right? I mean, the skids weigh that thousand, you know, 1500 pounds. So in our, in our world, we have our own cooler. So we have our large, it's, it's a 3000 square foot refrigerator. And so we utilize that as the cooler for that particular item. That's too heavy that you could put in a cold cooler it doesn't come in very, I mean, the packaging is very, very limited on that, uh, but that's an item that needs to be cool. And if it's not cool, it spoils, it's ruined. Uh, there's a loss of product and you know, the Ulterricht, uh, Thompson Eve, the person that's putting it out on the shelves has just lost all that, that business, so, uh, so those are the things that we looked at when we, uh, eyeball New customers coming on board. Can we handle that? Is how's it being handled now? Uh, what can we do to help or not help? Uh, we want to make sure we look at all aspects of that particular product. And that, that's kind of the beauty of this business. We can look at all different products. And we can give you an idea, and that you don't know, you realize this, you know, more power to you.
1: Exactly. That's the. It's like that. You guys are kind of like a consultant of like. We'll be here. Like this, these are some solutions you have. If we're not the right fit, here's some other ones that you can look at. Here's some things you need to keep in mind. Um, but I found that a lot with a lot of cold chain people is that everyone's very willing to like share their knowledge and kind of share their share their expertise. Even if you don't end up going with them, they're still happy to help out and kind of make sure that in the end the product is getting where it needs to be safely and in a manner that is obviously ideal for everyone. And
2: we're gonna we're gonna price it out accordingly to our customers and this is what we can do. And we'll do a great job for you. Uh, but it's going to be at this particular price. Now you guys, that's not in the budget then. Okay. We're okay. with that. but we know what we can do and our capabilities. You guys understand your budgets and where you're at. If it doesn't come together. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll move to live another day.
1: Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the good old fashioned, you know, you're worse and you're not going to budge on it.
2: That's us. That's, that's kind of the good part about it. And, and how we've learned over the last 10 years of being in business, uh, you yeah, know, we've made some mistakes. But <laughs> we've learned from them too. So uh, One of, of those mistakes is what you mentioned earlier was ice cream.
1: Those are, that's a messy mistake too. Like at ice cream all in the back of the trailer, like it's it's just perpetually sticky. Even if you get it washed out, it's still just, it's still sticky and it still smells faintly of ice cream.
2: Yeah, that's tough bit.
1: So we are running out of time, but there is a question that everyone comes on the show has to answer. Are you ready for it, Steve? I'm ready. Is cereal considered a soup?
2: Uh, no, not by me, because I love cereal, but uh, I also love soup. So, But I will tell you in the supply chain business, and this is going to be my answer, you may or may not have heard this before, but uh, a cereal co- uh, covers a different weight and density because it's so light in material and light, uh, per, uh, either per weight, as opposed to the suit, which carries a different density, which is very heavy, very dense. You can't put as much onto a skid, and, uh, it gets a different type of rate because it's a lower class rate as opposed to cereal, which is a higher class rate. So you will pay more money for living your cereal down the road as opposed to living your suit. So I'll just leave her at that. Logistics, t- supply chain.
1: That is honestly, we've never we've never gotten that type of answer before. Um, but that kind of more or less sums it up. You know, cereal and soup are two different things, and even even down to their their shipments. Um, I like it. That's one of our best answers. Uh, anytime, if someone wants to reach out to you about you know the proper codes for cereal or soup or anything that relates to cold chain packaging, where can they find you outside the show?
2: Well, you can uh, look at our website at www.sclcoldchain.com or they can always send me an email at steve.bondra D-O-N-D-R-A at sclcoldchain.com.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Steve. Thanks, Mary. Have a great week. You can catch other episodes of Running on Ice right here on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running on Ice news? No sweat. Subscribe to the newsletter on freightwaves.com slash Running on Ice. See you on the internet.